Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seriously Sinister discusses true petty crimes that may be disturbing to some. Or it could be easy listening to all of you psychopaths out there. Names and places have been changed to protect the hosts legally. Listener discretion is not advised. Welcome to Seriously Sinister, the show that doesn't want us to cut through our chains. It wants us to cut through our feet. This is Trevin. And this is Amanda. (laughs) What? All right. I had to pay some homage there. That is a quote from the first Saw movie. Oh, is it? Because today, or this week, is actually a very special week. Oh, what is it? Do tell. It's Saw week. Oh, what does that mean? It means the new Saw movie comes out this week. Oh my god. Yeah. So what number are they on? Well, this would technically be the ninth one. Wow. And didn't you meet some of the main characters in the movies? Yeah, I met the actor who played Jigsaw and the actor who played Amanda in the movies. Oh, oh, there's an Amanda in there? Oh yeah, you want to watch it now? Oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not super connected from what i hear i don't know it's kind of weird the way they're doing it but it's going to be somewhat of a spinoff and chris rock came up with the story idea samuel L. jackson's in it what? it's going to be very different okay and i'm very excited are the same people making these movies or yeah they brought back the guy who directed number two three and four okay so he's going to be the director and then it's got the writers who did the last movie they did which that one wasn't as good but they didn't come up with the story idea they just wrote it okay so it'll still have the continuity of it but it's supposed to be pretty different and kind of going back to the roots somewhat damn so is it coming out in theaters or because of covid how are they doing that it's gonna be in theaters which is kind of ballsy uh it was supposed to come out around april i think of last year and so around my birthday time i was just getting really excited thinking i'm a couple months away and then they said boom next year now yeah so that's worth getting a vaccine for right i know both of us currently while recording this are halfway vaccinated at least i'm a couple more weeks away and i'll be licking doorknobs again i'm pretty excited I know. I'm going to be running through the store and licking ice cream. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. 
Oh my God. Well, that's exciting. I know how much you love the Saw movies. Oh yeah. It's been a big part of my life for like the last 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. I won't watch it. I'm terrified. I've watched, I feel like I maybe watched one full Saw movie. Maybe Mm -hmm. I remember bits and pieces. I remember somebody had a machine in their rib cage and the, they had to reach into a jar of acid to get the a third key. One. Oh, okay. So yes, I see I saw that and it was terrifying. <laughs> so Good luck in Godspeed. Have fun watching them. Thank you. Maybe one day you should watch the first one though. I actually got my mom to watch the first one. It's they kind of go a little overboard eventually, but the first one really focuses on the police and it's a lot more of a mystery and it's really kind of fun. Oh, okay. So there are some kind of gruesome scenes to it, but I will say that it's not, it gets progressively worse as the series goes along with gruesomeness. So the first one is just a really, like you went and saw uh, Invisible Man on my birthday. I loved that movie. Yeah. And that's the same writer. Oh, So it's kind of that same kind of catches you in those weird moments of, oh my God, really? Yeah. When I went and saw, when I saw the first Saw movie, my dad had borrowed it from a guy at his work and the ending blew me away. It was just such a big twist that I thought, oh my God, I've never seen a movie that had an ending like this before. And I remember the next day I had to get up and mow the lawn and my parents have quite a bit of land. So I I mow for at least an hour and a half. And so I remember just zoning out and I usually listen to music. I didn't even listen to music while I mowed the lawn. I just kind of like zoned out and was just replaying that entire movie. I'm like, I could have seen this coming if I would have caught this clue and this clue and this clue. And it was just... Mm, so that's what hooked you. It hooked me. And and that's kind of the staple of the, the series is every movie ends with a twist ending. And sometimes they kind of force it. And sometimes the twists are kind of stupid. But at least within the first four, I thought the twists were good. But the first one, nothing beats that first twist. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I I see. I have no idea what the twist is even, but... Good. I hope nobody spoils it for you. Because if you do watch it, I know the way you react to things. (laughs) You'll just be like, what? (laughs) Like, you'll freak out. When I watched The Invisible Man for your birthday, Emily rented the theater out. Thank God it was all people that knew and loved you in there because... Mm -hmm. There was a moment where I literally was so caught off guard that I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I do have some powerful reactions. Yeah, it'll be that would be a good movie to see your reaction on the ending for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, so that's a positive. But do we have any dreadful dilemmas this week? I have a dreadful dilemma indeed. Okay. So getting in touch with my animal side. Okay. Do tell. So we went out for my mom's birthday a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. and my mom's always the one who's cooking the special dinners for everybody on their birthdays and whatnot, and usually when we make her dinner, it's like, okay, we used her kitchen, and it gets left a mess, kind of, or everything gets put back in a way that she doesn't like, so it's kind of not really a special day for her, because she still has to do the work, even though she's like, I'm not cooking, it's like, well, then your kitchen's going to be in a state of disarray for a right. while. So we decided, hey, you know, why don't we just take you out for dinner? She loves going to like the Japanese steakhouse. Oh, yeah. So we went to the Japanese steakhouse and and it's a nice place. I really enjoy it. We got to the part where they're flicking the shrimps in the air uh-huh. and you're catching them in your mouth. And I just felt like an old seal being fed. 
Did you catch the shrimp? I caught every single one oh, of them. Oh, <laughs> I bet you did. I could see you being like, damn it. I'm going to catch them all. I was like, don't waste food. <laughs> and just like catching them. But I will say that it's a classier way to do that sort of thing. So it, I still felt weird doing it, but yeah. at least there I didn't feel too, I wasn't judging myself. Sometimes I get kind of caught in my head sometimes and I'm like, how am I enjoying this? This is weird. Yeah. But have you ever been to the restaurant Lambert's? Yes. Okay. I think we had talked about stopping there when we went to Branson that one time, but yeah. we ended up not doing it. Uh-huh. So I finally did go once, not recently. But when we went there, I could not enjoy Lambert's one bit. For anybody who doesn't know anything about Lambert's, it's kind of country cooking. Uh-huh. And so they come with these buckets and just like slop the food on your <laughs> weird tray. And then when you want when you want bread, you just like stand up and start being like, hey, bread me, bread. <laughs> and then they just like throw it to you. And so when I finally went there, everybody was like, this place is awesome. They throw rolls. You just got to have it. And... <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there on this weird bench eating out of a weird metal trough and people are coming over my shoulder and like, hey, you want some sloppy corn? And I'm like, sure. And then they just take a ladle and just slam it down. But when they start ringing the dinner bell, all of these weird American tourists are standing up and just screaming and losing their shit for bread rolls. And they're just like, yeah, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. And I just remember, and I still can picture the kids face and my head but he was away across the room from me it was one of those kind of like chubby kids on vacation that you see in cartoons or something where their their shirt doesn't really cover their belly the whole way and (laughs) he's like standing up and waving his arm and he's just like me 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 and the kid just would not shut up me 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 and the the teenager throwing the bread rolls was giving them to everybody but him and the kid was just losing it And the kid finally just throws it to him, misses, and then hits some lady in the head. But the thing is, I just, I'm sitting here thinking, damn, this meal would be good with some bread. But I'm not, (laughs) I'm a sophisticated being. I'm not going to jump up and down and do tricks for him to throw bread to me. So. You are killing me, first (laughs) of all. You are killing me with this description of this place because. I actually really liked it there. Oh, the food was really good. It was. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Was. I get where you're coming from <laughs> about the trays and everything, but hey, it just has like that that good old-fashioned rustic country atmosphere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess my issue is I wanted bread, yeah. but I wasn't willing to degrade myself for the bread right so they never just came to your table and gave you rolls oh they they finally did okay but uh, i had to wait for the show you know the feeding of the white people before i could get fed but like i kind of just raised one finger up like hey my hand is not going to go any higher than shoulder height i'm not (laughs) going to stand up i'm not going to jump i'm not going to yell i'm just going to put up one finger and say you know i want you to know that i would enjoy some bread And uh, however you want to get it to me is cool. I can catch it. I'd rather not. But please serve me bread to go with my delicious fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and uh, sloppy corn ladle. And so to me, it's just too much work. And it just kind of made me feel a little embarrassed on the inside to be a part of the act that goes along with it. That was a bad part of dealing with my animal side. But I would say that I have gotten better with it as I did eat the shrimp out of the air. Uh-huh. And I lived with myself the next day. Good, good. You know what? 
This is growth. This is improvement. This is growth. This is <laughs> this is facing fears. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's just funny. So like the performative type of eating just isn't your cup of tea, right? Like, right. I should. I want to enjoy good conversation, and I want to enjoy the food. But yeah, I, I'm not a physical type person right like in and like with comedy type stuff i don't i'm not the guy who's gonna like do some weird trip and a whoa kind of thing it's just you know i'm the laid-back guy who's gonna <laughs> use my words and enjoy myself so oh my god i don't want people to see me trying physically oh my god i love that i love that now me on the other hand i would be standing up on the table like roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah he would have been in good company there oh my god I have no shame, though. Wow. Well, that was an amazing one. I seriously was crying. I was laughing so hard. (laughs) Wow. So my dreadful dilemma this week is that ever since I got on my medication for my anxiety and OCD, and I wanted to ask you if this is anything you've experienced, because, you know, we're both OCD friends here. Mm -hmm. Ever since I got on these medications, I have been having the worst dreams of my life. Oh, great. I was actually saving one of these dream things for a dilemma. Oh, Uh, okay. I'm not going to talk about this particular dream, but I will say I've been kind of having some weird ones, but it hasn't been that crazy. I don't know if it has anything to do with the medication for me. Oh, okay. Okay. So for me... I am functioning amazing in my awake life. Mm -hmm. I'm living it up. I love being on meds, but but as far as nighttime goes, I am waking up with night sweats and nightmares. And apparently, I've done some research, and that is a common Mm -hmm. side effect. I hate it. I'm like constantly running from somebody. Anyone who analyzes dreams, maybe holler at your girl, but I am constantly running from someone. There's always this really violent, evil person chasing me and my loved ones. It's horrible. Hmm. I I read about that and I I tried not to read too much into it because I was afraid that if I thought about it, I'd make it happen. (laughs) Uh, I would say my dreams are anywhere out of the normal normally. I get weird stuff all the time. But the first time I was on meds back in 2015 or whatever, so I was sleeping in the same bed with my ex at the time. And I had this dream about this guy that I really don't like. It's a guy that I haven't met too many times. And for some reason, I guess just my hate for this dude still boils somewhere deep within me. Okay. And uh, so I had a dream that he had came up to me and was like kind of messing with me on a porch. And I was like just instantly mad in my dream. So in my dream, I went to go punch him in the face. But I literally swung outside of my dream and i actually punched my girlfriend in the face while she was asleep damn so she probably deserved it though right (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) no comment no comment but i just remember her her rolling rolling being like oh what and then didn't even really react almost went right back to sleep on it it was later than that morning that was like oh whoops i punched you yeah Yeah, right in the eye (laughs) oh my Wow. 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 Dreams are so freaking weird sometimes. I've always had vivid, weird dreams, but Mm -hmm. ever since the meds, I've never had this many nightmares in my whole life. Hmm. It's really annoying. Yeah. I hope your quality of sleep is still good. Are you you not like super tired from it or anything? No. I feel fine. I just am waking up terrified as hell. 
It's like it takes me a minute to calm down every time. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. I'm probably getting a workout, honestly, in my sleep. Yeah, you're probably burning some extra calories. Yeah. But, okay, so this week we are doing something new a little bit. And I did actually want to give one of our listeners and a friend of ours a shout out Mm -hmm. uh, to Sarah. She is actually kind of the one who put the idea in our ear to do like game type segments. So mm-hmm. um, she had a really fun suggestion for us to do like a top five list of weird and creepy things. So we're going to, we're going to jump into that this week. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Five. So I'm going to start with the top five most deadliest cities. Okay. As a person who has a fear of vacations, it's important to know. Oh, yes, you do. Can I try five. and guess what some of them might be? Sure. Okay. So that's top deadliest cities in the U.S. or just in the world? U.S. Okay. I feel as though Chicago was up there and... Honestly, that's really my, well, I don't know. I I definitely think Chicago, maybe, why do I always think it's always in this area of like New York City, Chicago, and Boston? I don't know why those pop into my head, but read me your list and I'll see if any of those are on there. Okay. So number five would be Baton Rouge. Oh, Louisiana. Yeah, which I've heard some things about that. Yeah. Number four, New Orleans. Okay. Another Louisiana. Oh, my God. Number three, which I would have probably maybe guessed was Detroit. Okay. Number two is Baltimore. Okay. And uh, number one is a city I've been in many times, St. Louis. No freaking way. St. Louis is number one? Yeah, I've had many points in St. Louis where I didn't feel too safe. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I guess I've I've only briefly passed through there once. I've never really gone there, mm-hmm. but now maybe I won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some nice things about it. I don't know. I would probably go during the day. We went for the St. Louis Mardi Gras, which is actually, I guess, a. I mean, it's obviously not the Mardi Gras, but I've right. heard it's pretty comparable or pretty close to it. And it was okay. It was a lot of trash and just, I mean, like literal trash just filling the streets. It was nuts. Wow. So it seems like a lot of places that have big Mardi Gras parties (laughs) are deadly. That is a good point. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that's fascinating. My list has a kind of a similar vibe to yours, but it's different. So I found this article on Business Insider and... It's the top, it was the top 34 deadliest jobs in America. Ooh. But obviously I'm only going to do the 5, but can I just say that number 34 was my husband Jordan's job. Nice. I was like, "Oh, come on." It makes sense though. Uh, yeah, cuz I mean, there's all sorts of different types of industrial painting and sandblasting and construction work like that, mm-hmm. but there have been times where he has been painting off the side of a overpass and we'll drive under it sometimes and i'll be like i painted that and i'm like ah yeah so i remember i was actually i got i was done getting a haircut one time and there was construction on a bridge and the the traffic was really slow and i was you know when you're out and about and you're you're just kind of 
not in the mood to talk to people or not expecting to talk to people and you're kind of just phased out and i was driving with my windows down kind of zoning out and one of the bridge guys was like hey Trevin, and then jordan was just standing on the side of the bridge oh my god i didn't know that did oh, i yeah. no i don't know i feel like i said something that was a few years ago oh wow okay well any guesses on the top five deadliest jobs I feel like I would have said construction, but you said that. Okay, so construction, window cleaner. Ooh, it's not on there, but I feel like it should be. <laughs> okay, let me let me break this list down for you. So, number five on the list, and I don't know why it's this specific because mm-hmm. I looked this up on multiple different articles and it was all worded the same but recycling collectors mm-hmm. I don't know why it isn't just normal trash collectors but there you have it so that's number five number four is roofers mm-hmm, makes which sense. that makes sense I mean Heights. yeah number three is aircraft pilots slash flight engineers Dangerous. Now, this one's really random to me, but number two is fishermen slash fish-related workers. It almost makes it sound like the fish are the deadly part of it. (laughs) Right. Like, are they... Isn't there a show called, like, Deadliest Catch or something where they're out in, like, crazy bodies of water getting crazy fish or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) That's a horrible synopsis, but... I don't know if that's the kind of fisherman they're talking about. I don't know. I just didn't see that one coming. And then the number one deadliest job in America are logging workers. So people who are cutting down trees. Oh, yeah. And stuff like the that. The trees coming down on them or whatever. Yeah, trees coming down. I mean, you're using a chainsaw. I assume that might have something to do with it. I don't know. I would think so. Hmm. But I thought that was super weird. And I wasn't totally happy that jordan's job was on the list but at least it was the very very last one on the list yeah was corporate office worker on there i just need to know how in danger i am you know at a glance i didn't see it (laughs) but yeah i think you might be safe for now i think corporate workers are more of a danger to themselves than the actual job yeah with a hundred percent certainty so that was a fun segment. So thank you, Sarah, for that idea. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I, I love these little games. I just think they're fun for everyone to play along with while listening. So yeah, it's fun to change it up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There you have it. I think we've reached story time. Story time. And you're going first this week? Yes. So excited. All right. This story is not from the news. Just say that I know a lot about it. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. We all have that special treat. From the very moment we are able to eat solid food, we are taught that not all snacks are created equal. From the tradition of having a child smash a cake around on their first birthday, to all the birthdays that follow, 
it is instilled in our minds that any milestone must be celebrated with unhealthy food. I'll have a donut it is our responsibility, as each of these years pass, that we learn to define just exactly what a milestone is. If we do not discipline ourselves, the simple act of putting on pants could justify the eating of an entire Sara Lee chocolate cream pie. This mindset will ensure that those pants will soon be a distant memory. But sometimes, in order to push through a tough situation, we must put a special label on these treats. If I can just get the courage to sit through the DMV line, I've got a king-sized Reese's with my name on it. Of course, these are things that we only tell ourselves in private. We don't want the world to know that the only thing getting us through the day is a small piece of processed chocolate. This story revolves around one of those special milestone treats and resulted in one of the most damaging cases of mistaken dessert identity. The year was 2014. Most of this year for me was spent nursing and resuscitating a very unhealthy relationship. Outside of my job, 100% of my time was spent with my girlfriend. Although I was paying rent on my townhome, every day and night was spent in the basement of her mother's house. Most of our time was spent lying in bed, binge-watching the game show network, drinking wine, and eating whatever unhealthy takeout we were feeling that day. From this bedridden lifestyle, we were naturally very lazy. Although this was her mother's house, the basement was set up like its own little apartment, giving us a sense of independence. There was a door to enter through the basement, so the only thing we shared was the kitchen upstairs. Generally, this was only used for storing leftover takeout and the occasional bag of frozen food. On one particular night, we had a sweet tooth that could not be ignored. Unfortunately, it was well past any restaurant or stores in town being open. Just as we were getting ready to go to bed unsatisfied, that's when we remembered seeing a container of Blue Bunny in the freezer earlier. My mom has to work on her day off tomorrow. She won't be home to eat it, my girlfriend said. My conscience and I had a short conversation on whether this small theft of ice cream could be forgiven. As it turned out, even my conscience had a weakness for chocolate. I agreed, but only on the grounds that my girlfriend make the expedition to the upstairs. The wood floor was very noisy, and her mother had an army of yapping dogs guarding the fridge. This was an unexpected journey that would only be fit for a person with knowledge of the path. Once she tiptoed back into the room with the ice cream container and two spoons, we immediately went to town. The overabundance of flavor filled my mouth. In that moment, I was in heaven. The dopamine rush that my brain was experiencing covered up any guilt that I may have felt with this heinous act. Unfortunately, this lack of awareness also covered up the sense of dread looming just around the corner. The next afternoon, we woke up in our usual sluggish days, like some kind of werewolf who transforms at night only to eat an overabundance of unhealthy food. Surrounded by old plates and an empty ice cream container, we were quickly reminded as to why we felt so terrible. Luckily for us, we were off that day and had no plans. It was time to get back to the Sunday marathon of Family Feud. Around five o'clock, we heard the upstairs door shut and all of the dogs started yapping. Her mother was home from working her extra shift. Since we had our own entrance, it was normal to hear her come home as if it was just a neighbor in an apartment building. 
not long after the dog's barking stopped, we heard a big crash. We quickly paused the musings of Steve Harvey and listened closely. Silence. There was nothing. This was the kind of crash that you don't just shrug off. We slowly opened the bedroom door and step by step made our way up the stairs. Like children playing a game, we traveled slowly on our knees. Just as we were about halfway up the stairs, that's when we heard it. A low howl started to fill the house. It sounded like a recording of a lonely whale crying out to other whale friends. Was someone hurt? I thought to myself. As our eyes peered over the crest of the stairs, we saw her mother lying on the kitchen floor with the freezer door open. I had to work on my day off, and all I wanted was my ice cream, she cried out to the empty house, just before moaning out in pain some more. We looked at each other and realized this was not a slip and fall, but an adult woman throwing a tantrum over a milestone treat. The mother then began to thrash about on the floor, kicking and pounding her fists in a rage. We slowly made our way down the stairs, quietly put our shoes on, and escaped out the basement exit. The whole time we got ready, the moans of her mother still filled the house. We drove as quick as we could to the nearest grocery store and bought a fresh container of the blue bunny we had ate the night before. We rehearsed our story and decided that we were going to play it off as if we were never home and had picked up the ice cream to replace hers. When we returned, the mother was already shut away in her room, taking a nap. We quietly placed the new ice cream back in the freezer and returned to the basement. We did not hear from the mother again that night, but we returned to the freezer after she went to bed to find that some ice cream had been eaten. I insisted that we sleep with the door locked, just in case she was planning her revenge. (laughs) It's important that we learn to forgive ourselves. No matter how righteous we try to live our lives, we can come across some stories in our past where we are the villain. Had I known that this particular ice cream was so paramount, I would have thought twice before agreeing to consume its heavenly nourishment. This innocent grown woman was in the right and handled the situation exactly how anyone should. It was I who didn't know just how destructive I was being when I dug my silver spoon deep into that rich chocolate ice cream. This is one of those situations that I am continuing to grow from and will work through in therapy, for it is important to give ourselves grace when we come face to face with our late night cravings. Trevin, the story does make me feel a little bit better about myself. Mm-hmm. Because of the Patriot Poacher episode. It, it makes me feel like, you know, we're on the same playing field, maybe. Yeah, we both have those evil tendencies deep inside of us. And if you're going to steal someone's food, I feel like the rich and dark and creamy chocolate is probably the most understandable food you could possibly take, though. I agree. It was just so necessary for me in that moment, but it was more necessary for her. How many hours of Family Feud do you think you've watched? Oh my God, I couldn't even tell you. We would binge watch so much Game Show Network. It was insane. I mean, we would watch a lot of movies too, but... Okay. But she had... This was... Well, I don't think their internet was very good, so they didn't really have Netflix. So it was like the 
the mom paid for cable. So we watched Game Show Network or if I had a TV show on DVD that I had brought over or we just rented movies or something. So we'd watch. Dang, back in the day. Back in the day before like a million streaming services. Yeah, it's crazy how far we've come since just six or seven years ago. I know. Oh, my God. Well, now I really want some ice cream. (laughs) I've been wanting it all weekend. (laughs) That's a... Wow. I can't judge you. I can't judge you for that story. I I will refuse to do it. Thank um, you. <laughs> and I applaud you for sharing that with all of us. I, I mean it was very brave of me. Yeah, it really was. Oh, pat yourself on the back, dude. Oh, I'm patting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so this week's story is not one that I have personally experienced, but it is a story that's close to my home Mm -hmm. as far as who told me the story. Um, But they are choosing to remain anonymous because this is a crazy family story. So uh, let's begin, shall we? We shall. 1980s. Oakland, California. Need I say more? Fine, I will. Terry and Bill were a young and naive newlywed couple. They had just been cut off financially from Bill's wealthy family because of religious reasons and needed to find a place of their own. Terry loved Bill, but she figured renting would be her best bet in case Bill's family never came back around with that old money. As much as she hated to admit it to herself, Bill was much easier to love with a full bank account. They wanted to stay in the state of California, so they went to look for a house in, you guessed it, Oakland. As Terry scanned through the classified ads in the paper, she kept stumbling upon the strangest ads. One read, Will the person who got hit in the head with a tomato in the 1950s please call me? With a phone number listed. She kept reading on, and then she found herself reading another odd ad. Full-size mattress, royal tonic, 20-year warranty, like new, slight urine smell, $40. She sighed as she was about to give up altogether when she found a house listed for rent. Bill, I found a place, she blurted out. And then she called up the phone number listed in the paper and they made a time to come look at the rental home. When they arrived, they both looked at the house. As their car came to a slow, rolling stop, Terry looked hopeful and Bill looked demasculated. It was true that the house wasn't in pristine condition, but it was unfortunately the best option they had found so far in their budget. The front door creaked open as their possible future landlord turned to face them. He was an attractive and slick-looking Italian man in his 30s. He wore gold chains around his neck that were only moderately flashy. He said his name was Mikey. Terry liked him. Bill despised him. They signed the renter's contract and provided the payment of their security deposit and first and last month's rent. Two months later, Terry and Bill had managed to turn the old shack of a building into their very first home. 
Terry had hung up her favorite paintings, and Bill had reluctantly unpacked his designer clothing. Interactions with their landlord, Mikey, were few and far between. He came by each month for the rent and would flash his charming smile towards Terry every time. One morning, during the start of month number three in the home, Terry and Bill were having a casual brunch in their kitchen when they saw a black Lexus pull into their driveway. At first, Bill thought maybe this was his father coming to rescue them from this shithole. But he quickly let go of that dream when neither of them recognized the man driving. A clean-cut businessman stepped out of the car with a facial expression that read, equal parts douche and confusion. The couple saw him eyeing their porch decorations with disgust as his face began to turn red. He then pounded aggressively on their front door. When Bill opened it, a verbal confrontation ensued. The douche kept yelling that this was his property, left to him from his late grandmother, who recently passed. Bill and Terry were stunned as they explained their side of the story. It turns out that this was only one of the many rental scams that had happened during this time and area, as Mikey, the landlord, had been pulling this off for over a year. Not only did he have multiple previous arrests, he was also taking many, many drugs. Mikey wasn't even his real name, and believe it or not, he wasn't even a homeowner himself. For the scam, quote-unquote Mikey would look for houses that were empty after a while in the neighborhood he was from. He'd break in a window, change the locks on the doors, and make it look decently livable inside. Then he would put an ad in the paper for the house to rent. Mikey would ask his tenants to provide a deposit and first and last month's rent up front. The paperwork Mikey had the hopeful tenants fill out was paperwork he acquired from the local courthouse. Mikey would keep up the charade as long as it could last until the tenants found out he wasn't the owner because the actual owners would come home from vacation or a realtor would put a for sale sign in the yard. But the reactions were always similar. Complete and utter chaos. If you think this scam went off without a hitch and Mikey had no repercussions, think again. He was locked up on other charges for years, but he is supposedly about to be getting out very soon. So be on the lookout and maybe find your next home on Zillow instead of the classified ads. The gall. (laughs) That's ballsy. Yeah. So like I said... This is a story from an anonymous person in my life who is related to the fake Mikey. Wow. And this was an actual thing that went on. I already have my reservations with attractive Italian men, but now... (laughs) This just sent it way over the edge. Yeah, this, this totally makes it all okay. So, do you know if this house that you rent from, are they legit? Well, they don't bother me that much, so I'm fine with it. But. And you've lived here for a decent amount of time, so I'd say you would have been found out by now. Yeah, we're almost at two and a half years. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe these scams would typically last 
sometimes only the first month. I mean, it was just the quick money of getting that mm-hmm. first and last month's rent and the deposit. And then sometimes that's where it would end because they mm-hmm. would find out and he would just have the money. But I couldn't even believe that story. <laughs> that would be so wild. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Can you believe? What if everything's going really well and like, oh, the there's a little problem with my toilet not running. Like, would Mikey come and fix it to try to keep it going a little bit longer? Or would he just I ghost him at that point? I'll have to ask some follow-up questions on that because I'm curious about that too. Usually when you're renting, you're able to contact the person to fix little things here and there. I mean, maybe if they were still going with the scam, I'm maybe he would. Yeah, I mean, if, if you've got an influx of rent money still coming in and you just have to do a little bit of manual labor to keep it up. And he did have to kind of fix up some of the houses before he put them up for rent. So he must have some sort of a knowledge of household work. Yeah. So maybe he could have. I don't know. I was just shocked as hell about that story. And it is kind of a cautionary tale for everyone out there looking for homes. I mean, I feel like things are a little more legitimate now than they Mm -hmm. were in the 80s. I don't know if it was maybe easier for something like that to happen Mm -hmm. or not, but I just couldn't even believe it. That would also suck, too, just because I hate moving. So to find out that the house, like, oh, you were scammed out of money. Yeah, that sucks. But guess what? I got to pack my shit up again. Right. And take it somewhere else now. Yeah. And you're making the home your own. Can you even imagine you just moved everything? Like you said, you're setting everything up. You're hanging things on the walls. You're getting settled in. And then you find out that this isn't even your home. This isn't even that person's home. It's someone else's. Yeah, that would drive me crazy. Like, I've been here almost two and a half years, and we're looking to buy a house. And I'm thinking, I just moved my shit two and a half years ago. I don't want to do this again. (laughs) I know. I know. You know, any amount of time is too soon to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I've lived in my house, I I don't know, I'm bad with time, maybe seven years or something. Mm -hmm. And I still don't want to move all my stuff, so I get it. But yeah, I had to share that story. So thank you to the person who gave that to me. <laughs> I just, it was, it was, it was too good not to share. I couldn't even believe it. So if anyone has any crazy family stories like that, please send them our way. Yes, please. Oh if my it's God. not something we can turn into a story, maybe we'll do a mini so to just discuss some of this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be fun too. Because mm-hmm. I know we've gotten a few here and there, but... Yeah. Oh, and also, I did want to say we had a few of our listeners send in their dreadful dilemmas for the week. So, Trevin and I are still trying to work out what we want to do with those. Do we want to have some additional maybe bonus episodes where we read some of them or what we're going to do? But just keeping in contact with us. I mean, the more we hear from you guys, the better. Yeah. I mean, anything you say can be used against you in a podcast. And it will. It will. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, that was fun. Connections for our stories this week. I mean, they both took place in homes. Houses, yeah. Houses, man. They're just dangerous. You got to get outside. Yeah. Nowhere is safe. (laughs) Well, thank you to everyone listening this week. We hope that you enjoyed this show. And just keep in mind that no matter the crime, big or small, we're all doomed in the end. Just doomed, doomed, doomed. 
All right, everyone. Bye. See ya. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Seriously Sinister. If you have a true petty crime story to share, please email us at seriouslysinisterpodcast at gmail.com or send us a Facebook message. If you would like to support our show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends about this podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seriously Sinister Podcast. And on Twitter at Seriously Sin Pod. Shout out to Trevin for writing all of the original music you hear and for producing our show. Follow him and his music at Fiesta Maiden on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Facebook. And credit to Emily Stark for designing our podcast artwork. You can follow her on Instagram at emily.r.stark. All stories are written by myself and Trevin, and all stories are based on actual, true, petty crimes. 